Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Hannah Wimberly. And I'm Leslie Irwin, and this is the first episode of our podcast. If only everyone listened to us. That is not the title of the podcast. It's not? No. It's not if only everyone listened to us? No. What is it? If everyone just listened to us. Clearly, I'm not the one who came up with a name. Well, you're the one that agreed to it. Well, that doesn't mean much. Anyway, this is the first episode of our podcast, If Everyone Just Listened to Us, <laughs> as evidenced by the title card that you're hopefully looking at. <laughs> Do we have anything else to say? Going by the title, you definitely should listen to us because we're pretty great. I guess. You don't know the title of your own podcast, though, so who knows? Eh. We'll, we'll get better, maybe. <laughs> okay. So, today we're talking about the reality of freshman year of college. Fresh meat! That was disgusting. I didn't come up with that title, but I agreed to it, so I guess it's fine. Um, Hannah and I both go to college together. We are roommates Woo! for sophomore year, and we were for part of freshman year, which is a totally different story that might be told some other time that's not today. Oh. I guess we could tell it today. It's on the Is list. it on the list? It's on the list. Okay, we'll talk about it. Okay. Anyway, so we we're roommates, and we had a time, a time as freshmen. Um, it's definitely that thing where it's like freshman year is pretty awful, but also you do a whole lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. And we thought to start this episode, we'd play a game of two truths and a lie because that's what you have to do at the beginning of every stupid class you will ever take for the rest of your life. And meetings, like adult meetings, it's as ridiculous. I learned this summer. Icebreakers are good. This is not a good one. This isn't a good one because I barely know about myself. Why do I want to know about other people? But we're going to do it anyway. We so. have two categories. We'll be doing this game twice. Yeah. First category, injuries-ish. The second time, school-ish. Yes. All right, I'm going to read mine first. Okay. I broke my foot falling out of a tree. I got a hypodermic needle stuck in the crook of my thumb. And I passed out because of helium inhalation. Okay, so I'm supposed to pick the lie, right? Yeah. I don't think you're stupid enough to inhale helium. False! I so passed out. <laughs> Where was this? Eighth grade, after the eighth grade dance, I oh my I was helping uh, do scale everything and take everything down, like the little managerial child that I was, and still <laughs> am, and I thought, hmm, there's some helium. Let's make my voice super high. But as the child that I was, I didn't realize it was only like half a breath that you needed, and I did a full, like, empty lung to full lung inhale. As much as I possibly could hold in my body. And I passed out on tile floor. It was great. Okay. So, do you want to get a guess again for what the lie was? Hyperdeck needle falling out of tree. You probably did the needle thing, so I guess the tree. Oh, yeah. I definitely got a needle stuck in my thumb. Yeah. Do you want that story, too? I guess. We had a family friend living with us, and she was diabetic. Oh. And she had a drawer that she kept her insulin shots in. And one of them had come open... And I and I thought the drawer was also where she had envelopes, and I needed an envelope. That's and I, just and I, poor family planning. Yeah, I know. In my defense, I was like seven. Oh, okay. But I reached into the drawer <laughs> to get an envelope and got a needle, and was real freaked out. And it broke inside my thumb, and my dad had to pull it out with needle nose pliers. It hurt so much because they are barbed. It's not a fun time. Do not recommend. <laughs> okay, so the lies about breaking your foot. Yes, because I have broken my foot. But not from falling out of a tree. My dad fell on me. That's 
all great. Yeah, he tripped over a dog, and then he tripped over me, and we made it through or to the second room of our house, and then he fell and landed directly onto my foot. Like, on his butt, on my foot. It was real painful. I walked no around. No one can see my face, but I'm just, like, jaw-dropping in shock. <laughs> I walked around on it for three weeks. And then I jumped off a fence and started to scream because I rebroke it and made it worse. And the doctor was real confused as to why the broke looked like the, looked the way that it did. Because it was not a normal break. Mm-hmm. Because it was both a compression and a stress fracture, which don't normally happen together. Well, I'm glad that that's fixed. <laughs> not when it's really cold. My foot will hurt real bad. <sighs> okay, I'm going to do mine now <laughs> about injuries. None of which are that... Um, morbid i was a tomboy i hurt myself a lot so here are mine mm-hmm. i have two truths and a lie so i woke up during my canine teeth in extraction surgery mm-hmm. uh, i refused to wear my walking boot on my dorm tour day of college even though i had broken my ankle the day before and i broke my wrist the week before the writing uh, tax test so in fourth grade i broke my wrist the week before the writing test I feel like the broken wrist one is the lie. That is definitely not a lie. Then is it the first one, the canine tooth one? Yeah, so I did not wake up during that surgery. I was never put all the way to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And I just kind of sat there. They called it being twilighted. That's that's what that's called? Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I was there and I felt almost all of it all the time. That's what they do for most heart procedures. Um... Other than like flat out open heart, open chest heart surgery, mm-hmm. because they have to know if you feel chest pain while they're doing it, because that means you might be having a heart attack while they're messing with your heart. Oh, so they can fix it directly. They can directly fix the problem if they know that they're having it. Uh, it's really cool, but you know, that's yeah, not concerning at all. You you don't you don't want to have to have heart procedures. Just don't don't ever have to go see a cardiologist. Okay, got it. <laughs> Noted. Will not do that. But yeah, so I did break my wrist the week before the writing tax test. I had just gotten a ripstick. What's a ripstick? A ripstick is like, okay, bear in mind it was like 2009. Oh, it's that skateboardy thing. That skateboardy thing with only two wheels. Who bought you a ripstick? I'm pretty sure I bought it for myself. Why? Because I wanted one. I wanted to be cool. And (laughs) I went to a skate park and I fell. Who drove you to the skate park? My grandma. Mayor? Yes. Well, okay. (laughs) And I fell off of the ripstick onto, like, the part of concrete that's, like, about to be grass but isn't done being concrete. Oh, yeah. And I fell on my wrist and I broke it and then I cried a whole lot. That's what happens most of the time when you break things. Yeah. There should be tears. It's a very natural body process. Well, I didn't cry when I broke my ankle. But that's fine. and But yeah, I got a walking boot. So it was like July 4th. I fell down a driveway. I broke my ankle. Which driveway? It was one of my aunt's driveways. Mm. Fell down this driveway. Broke my ankle. Well, not re- it wasn't like full on broken. It was like heavily fractured. It's the kind of broken that in theory you could be fine. Yeah, like they didn't give me a cast because it wasn't broken enough. Yeah, you but don't I need a cast unless you need a splint. That's all a yeah, cast is. Exactly. So I got a boot, which was fine. Mm-hmm. But then the next day we went up to our school oh. to go tour the dorm. 
like where we actually got to see what room we were gonna live in. This is before I knew you. Yeah, and we had I, a story about us meeting. <laughs> I like it was very much summer in Texas, so it was very hot, and I was like, I'm not gonna wear pants to cover up this boot, so I'm just not gonna wear the boot. And I walked all around campus. And, like, I paid for it later. Like, my foot hurt like crazy, but it was fine. In her defense, it's a very small campus. It is a very small campus. There is campus. a point that you can stand where you can see all four corners. Yes. that's was part of the appeal. Yeah. But, okay. So, talking about school, since this is our, you know, topic for this first episode. We have a second uh, set. Our though. second <laughs> set is about school stuff, which I think will open into better stories yes. anyway. So. Injury stories, although they're very funny. Are also a bit boring because you can predict what's going to happen. Yeah. So Hannah's going to read hers first about school-related things. The first one, I was the head of the medical program at my school. The second one, I was the only one that got hugged by my principal at graduation. And the third one, I got sent to detention for not wearing professional dress on professional dress day, which happened to be Wednesday. <laughs> um, I think the detention thing, because I don't... Does your school do detention? Oh, yeah, they did them. I just, you know... Didn't go... Yeah. Okay, so the detention one. Is yeah, I didn't get one. They tried to give me one, and I said no. <laughs> Which should give you a very good hint as to the kind of person that I am. Yeah. Because I, I was in professional dress. I was wearing my Class A uniform. Oh, I remember this. <laughs> yeah. I had on dress Oxfords, slacks, a button-down shirt, and a blazer. Granted, it was a military uniform, but it was professional dress. <laughs> and my principal was like, you're not in professional dress. You have to go to detention. I was like, no. <laughs> Why would you have professional dress day on a Wednesday? Because on Wednesdays you wear pink. Because of all of the RTC kids, there were enough. Because oh. of, of all of the schools that kids went to RTC for, they didn't want to make them <laughs> have to wear their uniform on a non-professional dress day. I see. So, wait, but okay, I don't understand people. I love school, but like, I don't understand people. Neither do I. Okay. Okay. So what was the, and you were the head of the medical program. Yeah. You did too much all the time. Yeah. What was the other one? Uh, the principal hug at graduation. Oh yeah, you were the only kid that anyone liked. No, no, everyone liked a lot of other other. Everyone liked a lot of other people, but um, when we were all walking across the stage and our name got called, mm-hmm. he like gave other kids that like side hug as he walked into the mm-hmm. next person. He stood there and like embraced me Aww. for a good forty five seconds. Oh, that's a lot of time. Like the, the line backed up. Oh, there was a backlog oh, my goodness. <laughs> of kids standing behind me. I was like, Doctor Smith, I gotta go. That's... They're calling names. I'm sh- I should be off the stage and in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> you were like the end though. Like your no. last name. Mm-mm. They did it by program, not by alphabetical. Oh, that's odd. Because I, I was in, of the medical kids, I was at the end. But there are like there five are other, other programs. programs. Intriguing. Yeah. It wasn't a good way to do it. Medical, <laughs> medical should have gone last because we were the biggest. Yeah. Like they should have put us at the end. We were first. I'm so glad my school was small. Like yeah. I could not deal with how big your school was. My school, see... That, I'm going to say that thing that people say about, a, like, the big A&M, College Station A&M, that even though there's 60,000 people that go there, when you find your group, right. that's the only people, those are the only people that you see. Like, I get that. I do. It, that's very much how most bigger high schools work, mm. that you, generally the people that are in your classes are the same group of people, 
and it's probably not just 35 it's closer to 60 mm -hmm. but those people are the ones that you see okay I um, get. yeah that makes and it's a sense. whole lot it's not like i had classes with all 400 of my senior class i would murder some of them I can't handle so many of those people. <laughs> there would be straight up homicide in homeroom. We didn't have a homeroom, but it it, uh, it would be a great. Okay, did you read those A to Z mystery books? Probably at some point. Okay, so they're like little kid mystery books. They were great. They were all alliterative. So like you said, homicide in homeroom. Uh huh. It would yeah. fit that like shtick very well. I love alliteration. Yes. Auntie Anne acquired an angry ant eating aardvark. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Can I do mine now? Of course. We're already, like, quite a bit over the time that we had allotted for this. Well, so this is we'll, fun. We'll get better. Okay, so my school, Two Truths and a Lie. Um, so, my middle school and high school were the same school to, like, set this up for mm -hmm. people. So, some of them, like, kind of bridge that time. So All right. Uh, the only reason my senior class graduated was because we had a collective breakdown about our government professor in front of the principal. Um, I wrote a letter to my sophomore year history teacher detailing exactly everything he was doing wrong in our class. And my middle school vice principal refused to switch me from band to art even though I had a doctor's note. So when I had to stay in band, I was forced to buy my own drum because I couldn't put any instruments on my mouth because I had just had surgery. I know that that one is true. Yes. That story upsets me all the time. We've talked about it, and I've gotten angry for you, <laughs> and then we've talked about your mother's reaction, how my reaction would have been different, yeah. and how I would have raised all kinds of hell. Yeah. Um, and then I know that the breakdown for the principal is true, because we've also talked about that, yeah. and I thought it was really funny. It is really funny. Because like, collective breakdowns are only ever one of three things. Outright hysterical by hindsight. Mm-hmm. Horribly depressing in, by hindsight. Or just not any emotion evoking at all because they're pointless. Yeah, no, this definitely had a point. Mm -hmm. This professor was, uh, it was like our dual credit class. Yeah. And it was the only dual credit class our school had ever done. And <laughs> it was the second semester of senior year, which was already an issue. And this man was a terrible professor. You've said. Like... Oh my goodness. Anyway, so we all like broke down and were freaking out that he wasn't giving us our grades and we weren't mm -hmm. going to be able to graduate and it was all a mess. And I know that the one with your, the second one, I know that that isn't true because we've talked about you, your relationship with that teacher mm -hmm. and how he made you revert just into yourself because of how he interacted with people. Yes. So and you are correct. Wow. Um, so new. So revolutionary. Okay. Who knew I could be correct? We only lived together for like however many months that was. It actually wasn't that long. Because I know. We, I moved in at the end of January and so February, March, April. We only, mm. we only lived together for three and a half months. But I basically lived in your room yeah, we, before then. Yeah, we can talk about that in the roommate reality section. Okay. But yeah, so that I, I didn't write a letter to my history teacher. I definitely wrote a letter to my junior English teacher. Um, and I did say I made a list of basically I wrote a declaration of independence. I made a list of my grievances and suggested how she rectified those problems. And then she never spoke to me again. Um, but it's fine. I got an A in the class. So that's all that mattered. We'll talk about that difference between us later. Yeah. That's, that's not for this. That's episode. not for college episode. That's for a high school episode. Yeah. But one of the things that we have to talk about is what 
um, we're told college is going to be versus how it actually is. And overall, it doesn't actually matter because the bubble that you've developed around your preconceptions is popped real quick. Mm-hmm. But one of the biggest differences I, that I noticed is professor relationships. Okay. Because you most of the time I think that kids are told, or high schoolers are told, professors don't care. They're not there to help you. That's true. They're there to give you a grade and leave. And although that individual professors might be like that, the bulk of them won't care for you, but they will care ardently with you. Mm-hmm. If you show yeah, that you're interested or that you need help, they will help you and be interested in helping you as long as you have the interest to ask. Yeah, it's very much like everything has to be self-guided, and that's kind of the point of college. Like, you're becoming mm-hmm. an individual, and that's a very good place to start because you have to be the mastermind of your own education. Yeah, and there's no problem with having to ask for help as long as you understand that there is people there are people who are there to help you right that is one thing mm -hmm. um at bigger schools it's it probably is a little bit different because you don't like our school is very very small our school is designed to help everyone all the time and there are people whose sole job it is is to check in on you Mm -hmm. and i think at bigger schools that that concept still exists you just you have to seek it out yeah it's not professor comes and knock on your dorm room door it's, um, you get an email, mm-hmm. which in and of itself is good when there's 60,000 kids. Mm-hmm. They still sent you an email. Yeah. They still notice. They just can't come and knock on your door. Yes. We didn't have anyone knock on our door this year. No, Peter and I went knocking on someone else's door. Yeah. And he emailed me for you because you weren't yeah, answering I him. was having time. Um, that's also not the story. No, it's not. But another thing that no one tells you. No one talks to you about how to deal with home and habit change. Yeah, so a good, like, descriptor of that, it's like, it's a specific kind of separation anxiety. Mm -hmm. It's, you're separating yourself on your own volition. Mm -hmm. So you technically are in complete control of the situation, but the situation is not being controlled by you. Yeah, it's a real strange dynamic because... Especially for kids who school wasn't just go to class, come home. Yeah. They were, you and I were so involved. uh, My, even honestly since elementary school, but like middle school and high school, school was my career. Mm -hmm. Like I was at school oftentimes from like 730 to 730. Mm -hmm. Like there wasn't, home was where I slept. I slept and ate dinner. Yeah. That's. Although there were a whole lot of top ramen cups stuck in the microwave in certain to see his office. Yeah, that's like that. That's one of the things why we're so similar, I think, mm-hmm. is the way that we were very passionate about everything that we did all the time. And that when you get to college, it's not that there aren't things you can be incredibly involved in. It's just going to be different. And mm-hmm. when especially if it's not a sport thing. Oh, yeah. So sport things are different. If you've gone from us like a sport is your high school career and then you're making that your college thing. Mm-hmm. It's very much. It's, I, it's, I, I think at it's least m- from the outside, it looks more similar to the mm-hmm. high school experience. It's more intense. I know that. Yes. I know that it's not. Not that high school sports aren't intense because I know that they definitely can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's much more a focus on uh, quality and not just ability. Yes. And overall, and also like appeal like appealing to an audience mm-hmm. less so appeal than appealing in your brackets yeah it changes but it 
for sports, I think the transition is much more of just a change of place and pace, mm-hmm. not of actual activity. Whereas, right. like, you were the head of your men- of your mentorship program yes. at your school, and so I was the head of like, two different things that both required me to be incredibly managerial. Mm-hmm. And then I suddenly had nothing to manage. Exactly. So I went from... My high school graduating class was 35. I had been with these same 35 people since sixth grade. Every single teacher knew me. Everyone knew I was the person to go to for help. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, nobody knew me. I had no thing. There was nothing I liked to do at school when I first got there, and it didn't feel like school. Your first semester was, I think, a very average first semester for college students. But because you aren't an average student, it wasn't an average semester. I agree with that. I like the way that that was said. And I tend to be decent at coming up with little quippy phrases on occasion. But for me, it wasn't the problem of the school. It was the problem of I'd been in leadership and important (laughs) for four years where if someone had a question, they called me at 2 Mm a.m. And I had to be at ROTC at 4 a.m. on occasion and I had things that I'd take care of that were not child things. They weren't mm-hmm. school they weren't even school related. Like if you don't get the spreadsheet done, we don't get twenty thousand dollars. Like that like that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And then it was just gone. There was no accountability, there was no responsibility. And because of that, there was no dependability on myself. I couldn't make myself go do things because it didn't actually seem to matter. Accountability is definitely the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. One of the things, I'm very glad that I had friends that I talked to, that, like, friends I've grown up with since kindergarten, that I talk to basically every day, or, like, we just text back and forth, and that's kind of what kept me accountable, because we have very, like, the three friends that I talk to, like, we have very similar mindsets and Mm -hmm. very similar end goals in that, like, we want this done then, this, Mm -hmm. not really, we don't want to do the same things, but we have the same general projection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that kept me accountable to the fact that I wanted to still be there, Mm -hmm. which I think you were lacking some of. Yeah, I, even still now, Mm -hmm. like, especially now, actually, there's, the school that I'm going to, there's no reason for me to be going to it. Yeah, it's ex- not it's expensive. It's not as close to home as I would like it to be. There are a bunch of things about it that I don't love, but it fits all the check boxes for my perfect school. And I'm very happy there, and more so than I would be somewhere else. I agree. And I've already made a lifetime friend, pets Leslie's head from across <laughs> the room. And the goal this year needs to be to make more friends. Yes. Have someone other than my roommate to be with which speaking of roommates oh, yeah. your roommate will not make or break your college experience but it it can greatly affect you being able to make or break yes. your college experience I 100% agree so I guess we'll just dive into that we'll, we'll story. tell a slightly hyphenated version yeah and um, we won't do names or anything yeah obviously not they for their for their um, lack of embarrassment but so the person that I was originally assigned to be a roommate with, we talked over the summer. We mm-hmm. really, we had become like a level of a friend that you can become over a month of text conversations. You were acquaintances. You like, seemed to be getting along. You had mm-hmm. similar priorities and likes we, and interests. Like we liked doing the same things. We were both very, like pretty artsy people. Mm-hmm. Um, we both wanted that like Pinterest dorm room, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. 
And we were very good friends for the first couple months of school. We did everything together. We Mm -hmm. ate meals together. Um, We tried to do the same, like, little events and clubs together. And then, like, things were happening in her life that really affected how she was believing Mm -hmm. and portraying herself in relationship to school and her friends. Yeah. It, and her, so it just kind of fell apart. Yeah, the and whole it, thing with her, I think she found a way out of a dependent relationship. Mm-hmm. And the only way she saw the way to get out of it was to tell a complete lie that would alienate both people she needed to be away from. Mm-hmm. Which just happened to be us. Yeah. It wasn't a good idea. But to tell the story broad spectrum, I had a roommate. We'll call her V. It's not her name. Just the first letter of her name. Um, she was a great person. Yeah, she, she, was. she was very nice. In and of herself, there was no problems. The way that they match roommates at our school is they fill out this application. And it has information like, morning person, do you like to smoke, drink, party? Do you How clean do you need the room to be? What's your general schedule? And how the, quiet do things need to be? And then they do the Myers-Briggs personality mm-hmm. test. Which we had... V and I had very similar personalities. Mm-hmm. We're both very loud and boisterous and a lot to handle. And we like to be around people outwardly. But one thing that most personality tests are bad at calculating is internal personality versus exposure personality. Yes. And those were so incredibly different. I needed downtime and silence and I needed to be able to be alone with someone else in the room, which she was not someone that I could do that with. Not to mention she was not a morning person. <laughs> She was a night owl, and I love the hour 5.30. I think that is the perfect time to get up in the morning. You get up before the sun, you, ha- you shower and have breakfast, and then the sun's up and you can start your day with the full amount of hours that you have without having to eat into your day with getting ready. Well, she would get back to the room at 1 a.m. And it just wasn't really working, but we were just going to not do it again the next year. And all was generally well-ish. Well, then there started being problems with you and H. Okay. And all of the difficulties there. And so we started spending, you started spending a whole lot of time in my room with me. Yes, because I wasn't, I was very much like not welcome in my room at that point. And it wasn't an intentional not welcome. It was her inability to process and handle and your inability to do the same for her. Right. That was part of the issue, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very much a person that, like, if there's someone that needs, quote, quote, fixed, I will try my best. Or I will take on their issues mm-hmm. and then, like, explode them internally, but do nothing that's actually very productive for the other mm-hmm. person. And then at the end of our jam term. Yes. Mi- it was, no, it was close to the middle. It was of the of middle of jam term. It was the middle of jam I got the text message in the middle of my class and... Uh, my old roommate had said, hey, we're having a meeting with the RA. We're going to switch rooms. At the time, I had no idea that was even on the table. Mm -hmm. I didn't think we were in that bad of a situation. Like, I was giving her the alone time that she asked for. They'd had no conversation about it. Mm -mm. There'd been no discussion or decision made with both parties. We still ate meals together. Mm -hmm. Like, it was very... And then we were told that we would get an email about moving but weren't told that we could not move until we had the email and we were going yeah. to be supervised well but before that even i texted hannah mm-hmm. and i was like 
how like what is the deal with this like mm-hmm. i and she and you basically said like well if that's going to happen i'll switch yeah be your roommate yeah h and i will just switch yeah. and then i will be leslie's roommate and h will be v's roommate and and they can just not like each other but live their lives separately mm-hmm. and leslie and i get along like uh, two peas in a pod we're too similar sometimes it's yeah it's really kind of freaky, freaky. <laughs> but we, the switching of rooms was really interesting because when I decide something's happening, <coughs> it happens. Uh huh. And we moved all of my things into Leslie's room within like it was an so afternoon. I got the text message mm-hmm. on a Wednesday. Yeah. We were told we would be moving on a Thursday. Like we were told that the switch would happen. Mm hmm. In general, in the future. Yeah, on a which Thursday. doesn't work for me, because I'm busy. But no one said, you can't move. So on Friday, like, was we f- didn't have class on Friday, because yeah. of the way that... I had uh, one class, and after that class was over... We took our afternoon, mm-hmm. we put music on, we just had the time, we moved everything out of your room, into my room, all of my old roommate stuff, like, we just all switched. Yeah, and then the area coordinator wonderful person yeah love but her she had death. just started it was like yeah. her second week there mm-hmm. like the end of her second week yes and she was unprepared and there's when people are new they follow tend to follow the rules to the dot of the eye which like i appreciate I'm, yes i'm glad that she concept. did but it made it difficult there's a short little video that leslie took of when shalee showed up and said that mm-hmm. we shouldn't have moved yet where I'm standing in my, you know, moving clothes, jeans, and boots. We'll post it somewhere. It'll it'll be, it'll somewhere. be somewhere. You can laugh at Maybe, it. Maybe, like, on our website or something. But Shalise comes in and, and is just like, you shouldn't have moved. And then leaves to go look at my old room. Mm-hmm. Which is directly next door. And I, like, Like, we shared room. a wall. Yeah, it wasn't like we moved down the hall. We literally switched rooms right next to each other. We, I turned left instead of no right instead of left at the elevator mm-hmm. that was the only change um but she told us that i might have to move all my stuff back <laughs> and i look at leslie and i said i'm here i ain't moving back because we took an we afternoon spent hours doing this and i'll give her that she was concerned about getting in trouble yes she was new she liked her job mm-hmm. it wasn't her fault she's good at her job yeah she's very good at her job it was ra's fault mm-hmm. our ra who didn't communicate when, what, how, why, who, and with whom things are supposed to be happening. That is just as like a little side topic pulled from that. That's one of the interesting things about college is that you're told that you're very much in charge of your life. But all you're of a not. Exactly. There you, are no consequences for anything. There aren't consequences. Like you can't, you, the only trouble you get in is don't do that. <laughs> like that's it. Pretty much. But also you're still supposed to answer to all of these people who have power over you in a very finite sense but also it's undefined because no one ever tells you what that power is exactly and that's it's finite power that's undefined yes that's a strange phrase i don't like it very much but <laughs> once once we were roommates our lives were our lives better. improved but we also found the stereotypical problems with roommates like i love leslie she's great I'm glad she's my roommate, <laughs> but we are both homebodies. We like to be in our room. Yes. We also like to be by ourselves. So that raised the issue of constant proximity to one another. Mm-hmm. 
which we found ways to deal with. We would ha- we I would go study in like an empty conference room or like do work or whatever, and you would chill. Or when you were in class, I would nap. Yeah. So our schedules actually worked really well that mm-hmm. second semester, in that she had most of her stuff in the morning and I had most of my stuff in the afternoon, or I was working, and um. So we actually made like a little calendar thing that mm-hmm. was like. This is kind of when this the room is, when is empty. Can, yeah. If you want to be there, you can. This is when I'll be gone. We'll meet up for dinner. And it ended up working so much better when we just planned to be in the room and the other one wasn't for our alone time. Mm-hmm. And our our dorm rooms, as far as dorms go, they're not bad dorms. The it's, rooms are not tiny. The bathrooms are well kept. And the building is not horrible. It's very much a traditional dorm setting. Mm-hmm. So the like older college movies where it's like it's a communal bathroom for the whole hall you but there are two per hallway yeah two per well, floor there are two per floor but there are two halls on each floor yeah and so there's one shared bathroom for i think it's like 10 rooms something so like that. 20 kids approximately in our case 20 girls we were in the all girls dorm which was lovely i won't live, like we can't live anywhere else no the boys dorms are broken yeah <laughs> yeah that's Also, Dean stinks. (laughs) You walk by it and you smell the reek of boy. (laughs) It smells like axe and body odor. It's not not a real scent. It does kind of smell. It's really actually funny because in in our hall, (laughs) you knew when it was shower hour because the entire hall smelled like girls' body wash. Yeah, like bath and body wash. It was so nice. It was powerful, but it was really refreshing. Yeah. You knew everyone had to be clean because you could smell all the different soaps. <laughs> was, yeah, that's really true, actually. <laughs> Whereas I'm very sure that in, like, the little boys' areas, you didn't. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You just smelled sprayable deodorant. Yikes. Okay. <laughs> but Leslie and I live pretty similarly, like, lifestyle-wise. Even though I'm a morning person and she tends not to, to be a morning person, our actual functions are exactly the same. Yeah, like the... Just shifted by a couple hours. The way we like to run our lives is very similar. Like, we like the organization. We like um, very scheduled, mm-hmm. regimented, like, lifestyle, I guess. Um, and that worked. We also really like the way we ended up setting up our room. Yeah, we're going to do it differently this semester. But the way we had our room set up last semester when we right, moved in, our beds were um, in like an L shape and we had a fridge area and a desk area and yeah. it was very compartmentalized. Yeah, and we tried well. to set it up more like a studio apartment type setup mm-hmm. where it was like, this is the kitchen area, this is the desk area, this is the sleeping area. Because one of the biggest problems I had had with my previous roommate was that I ended up basically being pushed into a corner. And not that H was trying to keep you away. It no, was just, it was just... She needed to feel like she had some more space. And to mm-hmm. do that, she put her bed facing out into the room and set it up against a wall, which in and of itself is fine, except that, that made Leslie have a wall yeah. where her bed and desk were on, and that was the only space that she had. Yeah, so I had, like, considerably less of the room. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe a third of it. Yeah, and... Like, if y'all had talked about it and you ended up not... Because you didn't mind actually not having the space. Yeah. You minded that you were put. Yeah. It was very much the, I got put in the corner. 
Nobody puts baby in the corner. Oh my goodness. Um, what a reference. We don't have the rights. <laughs> <laughs> you can reference things without having the rights. I, I just can't play any of the music. Oh, that's true. It's that's the music true, that's, that's the problem. And you know, I could sing it and it wouldn't be a problem because we all know- you can't sing. Yeah, I can't. I, I can sometimes on occasion like match someone else. Sometimes like but when, when you're in the car, you'll just like naturally harmonize with something. But I think it's on accident. Oh, it's a complete accident. It's because I can't match pitch, not because I can harmonize. Yeah. They're very different. I can tell if someone else is off and be like, hey, yo, fam, you messed up. <laughs> but I can't do it. Okay. Back to, back to our list of freshman year topics. But in, like, comparison to the not-so-great parts of living mm-hmm. with someone, Leslie, over here, great friend. Yes. Quality individual made my life better, has improved my living. I agree and reciprocate all of those feelings. (laughs) And it's real handy to have someone that, even though I've always been like the mom friend and the caretaker friend in all of my friendships, Leslie has as well. Yes. And I'm still the mom friend because I'm, I'm the alpha mom friend. Yes, but I definitely will be like, how are you doing? Yeah, you let me. You, you ask me how my day is, and I don't get that from a whole lot of people. Exactly. Like, like my, I love my other friends, and not all of them. It's not, this isn't every single one of them that doesn't do this. Because hopefully they'll be listening. Yeah, hopefully. At least for one. Hi, guys. Hello. But <laughs> <laughs> they have a much bigger tendency to ask how I'm doing so they can tell me how they're doing. Yes. Which, I love them, but it is infuriating. Because I'm not an entertainment or fix you button. And Leslie doesn't want me to entertain her. She wants me to be with her. Yes. And I appreciate that. And even though I'm still the mom friend of the friendship, Mm -hmm. it's much more reciprocal. Yeah, it's like more of a 60-40. Yeah, it's much more of a 60-40 instead of a 40-60. Yeah. Although there are some friendships that I have had that have been... 100-0? 100-0, 90-10. But you know what? It's okay. It's all and you, part every relationship you have is for yeah. a reason, and because I've had them, I'm stronger and better for it. How positive. Okay, what's our next topic? Learning to reorganize. Learning to re. Oh, yes. Both in life and in dorm room. Yes. So let's, I guess, transition from the dorm room roommate debacle to. Like, just in general, like the dorm itself and dorm life. Yeah. So organizing. How you live in a storage unit? It so the school our school provides us with a bed frame and a mattress and a dresser that you can't move and a closet that's actually a decent size. The closets are very roomy for dorm room closets. Yes, it's a quality closet. The dresser has plenty of storage. Yeah, it's a great dresser. I just wish we could move it. Yeah, but and I also get why not because then you'd have the stoop. You'd have the boys most likely. Who would pull the drawers out and climb them and then crush themselves like toddlers and then their parents would sue the school and it would be a completely dramatic and unnecessary experience and then they provide us a desk and a desk chair yes and oh, that desk chair is not comfortable no it's not i'm bringing both, both of yeah us i'm bringing both bringing. of us desk chairs um but you have to learn how to move the furniture in a way that gives you your own space while not taking away from the other person's ability to have their space. Mm-hmm. Which is hard in a it's, small mm-hmm. space. Like, and the rooms aren't... It's not it's the rooms not are small. small. It's, it's small for two people to, who don't have a living room. Especially... We didn't even say this. So Hannah and I are both only children. Yes. We can, we've, never, like, we've never shared before. And I think for never... 
having for never having to had share a room before we, we did, did very well job. but i think one of the reasons that we did so well is because we we're real good at telling the other person you need to leave me yeah like i'm gonna go take a shower and when i get back i need you to be gone for like an hour because mm-hmm. i need some time <laughs> which like we really didn't have to do no, all it that wasn't often. often i think both of us did it like two times yeah like i'm a shower we're- when i get back you're not gonna be here yes and even just having that hour i think one time you went and just sat in the common room like Oh, yeah. And having that little amount of time truly to yourself is the best coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. It's the best way to handle all of the things, having time but where you don't have to deal with anything. Mm-hmm. And you can make plans to do things. You can sleep. You can brush your hair. You can Yeah, that was one of the things. Like, I don't wear makeup very often. Mm-hmm. But that's something, like, I had my favorite pieces and I did my makeup one night. Like, I sat mm-hmm. there. Like, I don't think you were there for... Yeah. We might have been taking a shower or something, and I sat there and I did my makeup just to do something that yeah. was, like, it's, start and finish. Mm-hmm. It's a quick... And doing your makeup is fun. Mm-hmm. As long, the only time you shouldn't be doing your makeup is if you think that you have to do it to be accepted. Because that's a whole different issue. We'll probably talk yeah. about... Well, there's That'll an episode be, yeah, about that. We have, we that's have on the spreadsheet. Oh, my goodness. spreadsheet. <laughs> I like spreadsheets. They make me think, feel like things are working. Um, but on the topic of showers... I have never had a takedown shower head before, and there's a takedown shower head in one in the in the handicap shower of our bathroom. Yeah, which is so good for washing long hair. And I have my hair right now isn't very long, but I have very thick, heavy wave to mild curly hair, and <laughs> it's real nice. Like to flip your hair over and you get all of the conditioner out, and I've never experienced it. Whereas Leslie grew up with a takedown yeah, shower. I have always had a takedown shower. Stupid country club baby. Okay. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um. like, you don't meet... You meet the stereotypes coincidentally, not actually. Yeah, it's not how I live my life. It's just how my life lived itself. It, yeah, it was real funny because you fit a bunch of the, like, rich white girl stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But not because you are. No, for sure. <laughs> it's one of, like, the things I'm very self-conscious about. Because mm-hmm. especially because of the school I went to, yeah, I was, like one of two and a half white girls in my class. <laughs> and, um, so I was very like I never talked about any time that I had money, like, mm-hmm. and honestly, we weren't. Yeah, it's like you, you're very middle class. Yeah, like every like you're very comfortable. You can go to Red Lobster if you want to, mm-hmm. but also. There's food in the fridge. Exactly. Like you always had food in the fridge with the option of Red Lobster. That's a very good way to describe your lifestyle. Almost always. Yeah. yeah almost always Red Lobster is the option, but there's always food in the fridge. Yes. That's yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a very a good, good way to describe you. Mm-hmm. Also, Red Lobster. Mm. That's good. That's for a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. Okay. Um, I only had oatmeal, and it's filling quickly. But when you don't put any fruit or anything with it, it doesn't last. I had fruit. You could have had fruit. I didn't think about it. We're having an early dinner. We're recording anyway, this before that dinner. This is going to get cut out. Oh, it's funny. We'll see. We're like 43 minutes into this. Well, one of the other... Let's keep going. <laughs> this, one of the other good things about living in a dorm is if you're the kind of person that can meet people in a hallway or can start up a conversation, you're mm-hmm. going to be able to make friends really quickly. Yes. Because even though you can go in your room and be by and be mostly by yourself, 
you're just always around people. There are always Which, someone in the common room, someone in the bathroom. There's always a person. You walk by them on the stairs. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy. If you can say, make greetings and small talk, and then this, let the small talk build into slightly annoyingly long small talk conversations, yes. you'll make friends that you just happen to see in the hallway. And that is a fun experience. You get so many compliments on cute dresses. That is true. Dude, buy dresses with pockets and you will never not have something to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Or buy dresses without pockets and say how much you wish they had pockets. Buy dresses. (laughs) (laughs) Dresses are great. Pants are great too. I'm wearing pants currently. I'm glad. (laughs) As a recording. Um, That's audio. For all I know, I could be wearing like a robe and they wouldn't know. Nor would they care. Well, they might. Who knows? I don't think that that's the audience we're going to appeal to. <laughs> we're not going to appeal to the broach women of the world. Oh my goodness. Okay, we need to have that as a specific topic, broach women, because okay. we have good stories. I'll add it. But since there aren't a whole lot of specific positives, like overall it's a positive experience, yeah. but specific positives are hard to nail down. I, I have a list say, of negatives. Huh, I'm going to... I'm not the positive person in this relationship. No, but, she's not. Um, Neither am I. I'm just really realistic with a happy attitude. And I'm very realistic and the positivity and negativity come and go. Um, but the I would say the biggest positive about the dorm is like, you are close to everything. Mm-hmm. We were two minutes from the library, two minutes from the cafeteria, and my furthest class was five minutes away. She said two, not ten, by the way. Yeah, our school is very small. <laughs> like, I needed to make sure that, because I heard two, but sometimes on microphones things change. Mm-hmm. Literally two minutes. Mm-hmm. My walk to work in the library was two minutes and 33 seconds without me hustling. Yes. Like, from the, do- from the door from building. The door. Not yeah. from the room. Because you can't count that because you don't know who you're going to see or if there's an elevator malfunction or if there's a crowd on the stairs. You just don't really know. you got to plan for the but building. But you plan for five minutes to get from your door mm-hmm. to work. Like that's, and that's great. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite part of living in the dorm is the yeah, proximity. Yeah, that's why I don't want to live not in our dorm because everything is so close and that's yes. why i picked a school so small mm-hmm, is too. there's no commute and it's it's great when it's nice and if it's sucky outside it's only two minutes one of yeah because when, when it rains that school floods like nobody's business but like yeah, all you the, just get the ground for two minutes i had a professor that we love very much mm-hmm. who loves to point out every time i had on my big combat boots i have these very large heavy winter issue combat boots not like from TJ Maxx, but from the army. <laughs> I felt need to clarify, they're not fashion combat boots. They're ugly. They're not cute shoes. And, and I wore them every time it rained because they're waterproof for three inches. Because that's how tall the shoe is. Mm-hmm. And my feet would be dry. And we had a professor who loved to point out that I was not wearing like cute rubber boots. I was wearing combat boots. And he wouldn't, like, be, oh, look, Hannah's in her combat boots. He'd have a conversation with me about them. In front of the class. Every time. It was and great. He's a good man. He's a very good person. We will talk about him oh all the goodness, time. Oh, my goodness. We should get him on here just to, like, talk <gasps> about us. Oh, we need it. He'll and love it. He okay. will. We'll, we'll invite we'll be, him. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, that'd be a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> but he liked to point that out. And with the with the rain not necessarily being the most positive dorm life does have specific negatives yes although shared restrooms in of themselves aren't bad it didn't drive me crazy 
it is mildly inconvenient and you need to know the peak hours of showering which are 8 a.m and 8 Mm p.m approximately approximately from 7 30 to 9 30 is yeah, like a.m. a.m. p.m. p.m. Yeah, yes. not 7.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. That's the entire day. Oh, wow. That'd be crazy. <laughs> There's not that many people. Yeah, there aren't enough it. people to fill the, that many shower hours. But, shower hours, huh. But, I like to listen to music when I shower, and my best way to decompress is very specific. Shower melt. Eucalyptus or peppermint. Lights off. Mm-hmm hot water like almost to the point of hannah you're gonna hurt yourself some uh death metal followed by some italian opera followed by some nice country music and then a good little bit of worship music at the end it is the best way to decompress (laughs) that's real difficult to do when every time someone comes into the shower even if i pick like hella early in the morning or real late at night someone's gonna come into the bathroom turn the light on and then not turn off when you leave so you gotta like towel walk to the light switch turn back <laughs> off and then walk back to the shower and de-towel yeah and also there's the consideration that people might not want to listen to your music because you can definitely hear it down the hall Mm-hmm. so it's one of those it's not gonna wake someone up but if they are up the, and they're out of their room mm-hmm. they might be able to hear it and that's plays into the considerations there which i guess goes right into like the noisy hallway issue people are loud very lucky honestly in the people that lived in our hallway Mm -hmm. there were only like three there were three to five specific girls that you could always identify when Mm -hmm. they were home which just so happened to be at 2 a.m every single day but yeah i definitely have yelled be quiet before oh say and i've definitely gotten out of bed to open the door and find them sitting on the floor talking Mm -hmm. in the hallway at 2 a.m 15 feet from the common room door yeah like there was nobody in there they could have gone there's a nice couch it's very comfortable i slept on it once on accident both yeah they also both have their own rooms so they could have picked one of those Mm -hmm. but whatever that's I don't know. And, like, the walking noises are... It's really hard to be silent There's because there's no padding under the carpet. Mm-hmm. The walls, although they are not just drywall, they are quite thin. Yes. And they're not soundproof. And on occasion, I have... Like, I've heard someone yell something through the wall at, some, like, someone in their room, and I've yelled it back. Yeah. And then there's be, there'll be a sorry, and I'll be like, that's okay, and... <laughs> That's the best way, I think, for inter-room la- noise, because it's funny. Through the through the hallway, though. Like, I've knocked from the inside of our room, like, from the inside to the outside. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not her, because she's standing there next to me. We're looking out our peephole, <laughs> seeing all these <laughs> people having a party right in front of our door. <laughs> like, it's not midnight, and we just start knocking on the door like we're, like, the police or whatever, but from the inside. And it was very effective. Mm -hmm. They left. Once they realize they're being disturbing, they definitely fix it. They don't always notice that they're being a disturbance. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem as well. People not knowing that they're being loud or not knowing that what they're doing is causing a problem. And that's where you get into a little bit of, like, the cultural differences and, like, the way that you've grown Mm -hmm. up. So I know your old roommate, like, her family was huge, and it was she all nine, boys. She had nine brothers. Yeah. Her definition of quiet was just not screaming. Yeah. So 
I, I did one of the best conversations we actually had about dorm life w- that I had with V was talking about what quiet was because I asked her to be quiet and she said I was trying to be and I said slamming your dresser doors isn't quiet I, I understand that you're not yelling but you are making enough noise to wake me up mm-hmm. and and you aren't a light sleeper. no I'm not I am, I have that mother intuition thing where when a person makes noises I will be woken up to check on them. When things make noises, I rarely wake up and don't really care. Or if I do wake up, I'm unaware of why I've woken up. And I just roll over back to sleep and it's a five second exchange. And that's one of the, I would argue that's one of the harder things to deal with because you can't, it's real difficult to change someone's definition of silence. Mm -hmm. Because my definition of silence is either a fan or nothing. Mm-hmm. Not. Also, silent for you includes no lights. Yeah, if I am if I want it to be quiet, I need it to be dark. Mm-hmm. Because I need my brain to be quiet, not just the room. Yep. Which lights need to be off. Because if lights are on, my eyes will be open and I will see everything. Yes. Speaking of seeing everything. Oh my goodness. Forced functions! What a disgusting disgusting alliterative title that you put on this list yeah but it's so accurate so let's turn this into a little story time let's are we gonna talk about the rave we are gonna talk about the rave okay so the first week of our school what they do is they pull all the freshmen in for freshman orientation approximately a week before classes start reasonable like it totally makes sense i know some schools do it earlier in the summer Mm -hmm. because they have smaller orientation groups that's just not necessary in our school i think our freshman class was like 367 yeah it was it's our my our freshman class and my high school senior class were comparably the same size yeah so our freshman class and my sixth through 12th grade center were the same size yeah we had the exact same number of students which was wild to me um but so everyone got to go to this, like, come early to move in and do all these orientation activities, a lot of which were like, don't do drugs. Fine. Like, Thanks for the reminder. Great. I'm glad you know that that's bad. Thank you for having an improv show afterwards. The improv show was, a, yeah, the improv show was good. It was the highlight. That's why you go. Yeah, you go for the improv show after being forced to watch the presentation about drugs and alcohol. But... Then they tried a little too hard. So, so let's talk about three things that make it difficult for us to go. You and I both have anxiety mm-hmm. that is messed with with loud rooms. Yes. I get migraines that are triggered by flashing lights. Yes. I get very dizzy in rooms with flashing lights. Also, neither of us like to be in room large rooms full of lots of people that we aren't in control of. Very true. Very true. Especially... It wasn't even a large room. It was quite a small room for 300 kids. Oh, yeah. It, it was not a small room. It was just too small for the amount of people there. Mm-hmm. And so what they did, which, honestly, I like the idea of this. It's not a bad idea. It could have been handled better. Yeah. So what they did was have, they invited everyone to this party that you were forced to go to. And you had to- like, On campus, in your the campus center, upstairs, in the big dining room. Yes. So, and your RA had to walk you there to make sure everyone went. It was like that thing with kindergartners where you hold a rope. Yeah, it was, no, okay. But minus the rope. This was funny. So, yeah, it's like when kindergartners have to go practice going to the cafeteria 
and they all go in a line and they scan their badge and they don't really get anything for being there but they have to be there it's exactly like that Mm -hmm. um but they scanned our ids to make sure that we all went and in this room there were all of these flashing lights loud music like deafening loud made me sick to my stomach music and they had this fake bar set up because it was it was to teach us not to get like roofied basically and so the whole thing was like if you got a drink that had a skittle in it that meant that you were roofied but the problem with that number one was that all of the drinks that they offered were soda I don't drink soda, so I didn't take the fake drink. And soda gives me migraines. Exactly. So neither of us had a drink. Neither of us had a drink. And people, the whole, I get the point that they kept offering us drinks. I get, I get it. It. It, it. It makes sense in concept. It's a very good concept. I'm sure it worked for somebody. But when I said, I like, I sat down in this chair. That was outside of the main room. No, this was before this. Oh, yeah, because we were on we the edge. We had sat right. down at the edge. And I was trying, we were both trying to avoid the lights. We both were, like, not drinking the soda with the Skittle in it or whatever. And all these people kept coming up to us, offering us drinks. And we continued to say no, as you're supposed to do, like, the good college students we are who don't want to get date raped. But then we are like, okay, I get the point. Can we please leave? And I had asked to go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and I wasn't allowed to leave, which was already a problem. I have a very big problem with people who are supposed to be adults being told they can't go perform a bodily function. Whether that be taking medicine, getting water, or using the restroom. Mm -hmm. Because the person who's saying no has no way of knowing whether or not the person asking actually needs to go do that thing. Yes. If I say I have to go take some Excedrin, I'm not joking. I'm going to go because I can't afford to lose my entire night to a full-blown migraine where my roommate has to take care of me because I can't find the door. Yes. (laughs) So, (laughs) I don't like being told, no, you can't use the restroom unless the reasoning is, is safety. And there was no, like, there was no safety reason in this. It was very much a, we're trying to control the room to Mm -hmm. be this simulation of something. And I again, it was like the third day of school. Yeah, we we had we had been in our dorm room for two days. Mm-hmm. And I get they didn't know us yet. Mm-hmm. I get that we had no real relationship with any of the people in this room. Mm-hmm. But we are full adults legally, at least. We're in training the rest of it, but we are legally adults. And I should be allowed to go to the bathroom when I'm clearly distressed. Mm-hmm. And I was told I had to go sit in the edge of the room if I didn't want to, like, dance around. Yeah. But I had to, like, so I did because that's the person I am. Until, like, I got so, like, na- nauseated that I was like, this will not be safe for me to stay in this room. So I walked out mm-hmm. and ignored all of the people that were telling me to go back in. And I walked to the bathroom and I sat on the bathroom floor and started crying. <laughs> and very shortly after this, I appear in the restroom going, Leslie, are you all right? Granted, we'd known each other for a day. <laughs> and I was like, I gotta go check on her. I came with her. Yeah. I need to know she's not dead. Because I was not doing well. And I didn't know her well enough at the time to know what her normal was that... Mm-hmm. 
I didn't know any of the things that make her body go eh yet. I didn't know how to handle any of it. I now know to offer popcorn and love. (laughs) (laughs) Put on some Gilmore Girls. It'll all be okay. But, yeah, I was just not having it. And then you sat down because you Mm -hmm. were getting a migraine. I felt my head start to throb. And I had not brought my little pocket pill container. Mm -hmm. Because I was expecting half an hour. Yes. This was, like, almost an hour into this endeavor. Yeah. That it was just a fake party. Like... There was, the music was still going on. It was thumping. It was like, and people were it was dancing. not good. Even the, the people who were having fun. I good for them. Yeah. I don't get it, but I good for you. Like, I never, this is one of my favorite quotes I've said about college. I didn't go to college for the college experience. I went to college to experience college. Yeah. Like, I'm here for my degree. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> I don't understand how this is going to help me get to my degree. Yeah. So about the time that I came out of the restroom, my head was starting to really throb and I wasn't having it. So I sat down outside. Yes. Not outside the building, outside Just the Just like outside the room where there, there was, was a lovely seating area. So I was sitting there. With juice. I was watching the party, party happen. happen. I was making sure that there wasn't any announcement being made. I was aware. And Leslie came over a couple minutes later and sat with me. And about this time, I already had two people come up and tell me, like, you need to come. Like, you have to go back, back inside. into the party or else you'll, like, I don't know what the There or wasn't else an or else. Know. It was just a, you need to come do this. Yeah. And so two people at this point. And right after Leslie sits down, another person who, I've, who I don't know. Yeah. And... Who had no real mark of authority, mm-hmm. honestly. I don't know who and they were. But by the time that we get to the fifth person, who is our 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 RA, I'm pissed because I've been told I can't leave, and I've yet to realize there are no consequences. Because mm-hmm. it was the second day of school. Yeah, I've yet to figure it out that there there not there's no consequence for just leaving. They already scanned our badge. I was like, here. we got credit for being there, and all this hindsight. Yeah. And RRA, who is not a bad person and is actually a likable individual mm-hmm. outside of our experience with her. It wasn't even all of the experiences. It was just, like, the things that stand out about our year just happened to put her in a bad light. Yeah. It wasn't her fault, because in every other area, she was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but she came over and was very... Like, someone had told her that I wasn't coming back. Mm-hmm. And I think there was an element of she was responsible for making sure all of her girls were there. Which makes sense. Again, when you put someone else's position, job, or responsibility at stake, they have every right to be annoyed and angry with you. And she came over and very forcefully told me, I need to go back inside. And I said, I'm getting a migraine, but I don't have one yet. And if I sit out here, I'll be fine until I can leave. But I'm not going back inside. And she said, well, when, when they turn off the lights, come back inside. And I said, mm-hmm. lights and music. Mm-hmm. Well, she left in a huff. Yeah, and, like, she had also spoken to me, but I was sitting there, like, you with were, my head in my lap. You were sick. I, yeah, I was very sick. Your body doesn't react well to things. Like, you have very physical responses mm-hmm. to non-physical stimuli. Yes. Which is interesting, and I now know how to handle but we didn't on day two. Yeah. Yes. Which is, you know, that close friendship thing. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't good. And then after the party, there was like a speech, mm-hmm. which I went in for. And 
Well, so they turned the lights to right normal. They turned the lights on, like the normal dining room lights. And they made us sit on the floor. Which I don't know if you know. I'm not a small person. I have a very bad back and my hips sit real wonky. It's not comfortable to sit on the floor. Also, we are 18 years old. Now we are 19, but we were 18 at the time. The last time I sat on the floor for a talk was sometime in middle school. Yeah, like I've sat on the floor since middle school, but this is the seating arrangement for the event? Mm -hmm. Middle school. No, that's not true. But ROTC doesn't count with that very specific thing. I sat outside on the ground. See, outside is different because there are no chairs in the closet outside. Exactly. There was a whole dining room worth of chairs that they had shoved to the closet because they wanted people to be able to dance at their fake party. But anyway, so we were sitting on the floor. I was still very sick, but I had gotten back in because that's the person who I am trying not to get in trouble, even though there was no consequences. But I didn't know that at the time. We sat on the floor in our little like circle of dorm floor children that were all there with our RA who asked us all of these questions about drugs and alcohol and like my favorite question was how many like how many of you got a drink with a skittle in it being like how many of you got drugged and we were the only two that had not and she was like well like I guess she was following a script or something because she's like well how did y'all manage to not get, we didn't drunk? get a drink and I'm like we didn't get a drink and she goes well they were fake and we're like there's soda <laughs> which we don't drink <laughs> and then everyone was like kind of annoyed at us and then we just sat there until we were done but that was not the only forced function that's just a really good example of the bad ones because mm-hmm. the good ones aren't funny no the good ones aren't funny the improv shows i like, made a note in a spreadsheet best. that said focus on the sad and the funny yeah for something else that's because we have to be entertaining <laughs> I, I don't know where that spreadsheet, where, what what uh, topic that note was for, mm-hmm. but uh, it happens more than once on the spreadsheet. But yeah, so that's that's the truth about forced functions. Um, they can be fun if you are the person that finds fun in. If you find fun in functions, you'll find fun in the forced ones, right? Because to you, they aren't forced, right? It's just an organized function, mm-hmm. which like good for you. I applaud you. You'll do well. You'll do well. To those who don't find fun in functions and think that they should be called something else, you know, uh, something that's against the Geneva Convention. Oh my goodness. There's a very specific phrase I'm looking for here, Leslie. I don't know what it is. Collective punishment. There you go. Oh, okay. (laughs) If you are against collective punishment, you'll learn how to cope with them real quickly. Yeah. And what attitudes not to have with the person uh, running them. Yeah, that's true. Because it isn't their fault that you don't like it, and they did their best. Yes. Like, that's very much one of the things, like, you have to realize that most of the people that are, like, organizing these things are just the minions. They are trying so hard to do their job well Mm -hmm. with the resources that they have been given in the place with the people they've been allowed to use. Yes. And sometimes that doesn't yield a quality result, which is how life works in all, in all honesty. Yeah. Understanding. Just not at forced fake alcohol parties. Yeah. That, I mean, alcohol is all fine and dandy, but not when it's fake and not when it's forced. <laughs> just as a general rule, anything forced and fake <laughs> is just bad. 
Thank you for coughing away from your mic. <coughs> I don't know what that was. I think I inhaled a fuzz. Because <laughs> I felt something real specific. Go like, woo! My oh, larynx. I think that's like the main things we had to talk about for this episode. We did the list. We did it. Um, is there anything else we need to add about freshman year? It's it's a fun time, honestly. It is fun. If you go to college for the college experience, like quote quote college experience, a term that I hate with great passion, but if that's what you're going to school for, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. If that's not what you're going to school for... You'll be able to avoid it. You'll be able to avoid it for the most part. You'll be able to avoid it past orientation week. Yes. Do not try and get out of orientation week things. Go meet the people and then don't go to them again. Right. Don't go to them when they're optional unless you want to. But it's it's way less pain for yourself <laughs> to go to the forced function and try and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Than it is to hate that you have to be there because you can't do anything about not being there. Yeah, that was, I guess that was part of my problem. I hated that I was having to be there. Yeah, you don't like force functions. I don't. You very specifically don't like them. Yeah. Like, your issue is unique and amusing. Kind of like your whole existence. Thank you. You're welcome. I try and be nice. It's just a lot. And I know it, which is something that I'm working on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, so there's that, that is mostly, really, honestly, about first semester. Second semester was pretty chill. Yeah, second semester was a whole different thing. The first semester of college sucks. Yeah, I would say that you're either going to love it because it's different, or you're going to hate it for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Second um, semester, you'll have a little bit of a routine. You'll definitely feel like you know more about what you're getting into. And That's a comforting thing to have knowledge about your experience helps you have new experiences definitely so like not everything will be out of your comfort zone so Mm -hmm. you can pick and choose what is out of your comfort zone which you should still continue doing but it's okay to not do it all the time Mm -hmm. because if you do it all the time there's something else that you have to be dealing with yes okay so i mean that works with the title there you go fresh meat woo (laughs) (laughs) bye Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. <laughs>